Good evening, friends. Welcome back to the front porch. My name is Dennis Rogers, and I am joined, as always, by Michael Daniels. How's it going, Mike? How's your alternate Monday? Uh, alternate Monday is great, successful. It's a wonderful time to be here. What about you? Where are you in the world? Are you in France right now? Did you drive across the Atlantic? Nope, nope. Just just like last week, I did not uh, did not drive across the ocean. Yeah. Okay. Um, well, maybe next time. <laughs> I am in Virginia again. Um, I think last time we recorded, I was in Williamsburg. I'm not far from there. I'm just across the um, a little bit of water. I don't know if it's the Chesapeake Bay or some other little inlet of water, but I'm a little further east, uh, closer to the Atlantic than I was um, a week and a half ago. Um, in between... I made quite a few stops. I actually had this sort of really nice sequence of, of I don't know, just events or, or things. I guess, you know, not entirely. I'm getting ahead of myself with the story. <laughs> uh, so what I did, I, I stayed at that park yeah, yeah. Uh, last week until Friday. And then Friday night and Saturday night, I did a couple of Harvest Host stops. I've described that before. That's where... I can stay overnight at a, a business or farm of some kind and in exchange for buying something there. Okay. Nice. And so my my Friday night stop was this winery that turned out also had a brewery. Oh. Um yeah. winery brewery up that's on cool. the Yeah, exactly. It's like two Wait, you know, was it was it, was it a husband and wife same... combo deal? Is that what that was? You could open up a brewery I, honey, if I can open up a winery. I I don't really know. Um, the way that it was situated led me to believe that there were not people living there. Unlike um, like the distillery I stayed at in Kentucky had a house on the property, um, and the place that I stayed uh, Saturday night was same same deal. It was like somebody put up a big barn on their farm property and you know set up a, a brewery bar with you know stage and patio mm-hmm. area and all that but it's still part of their like farm property okay. uh but this this was a little bit back off the road up on a hill and i'm uh let's see where i was over there was western virginia um still east of the shenandoah uh mountains and uh i think it's a national park um, so there's a road that goes along the ridge of mountains there called Skyline Drive. Okay. Uh, I don't know how far it goes north or south. I'm not an expert on national parks. Um, did you go to Did you go to the Shenandoah River? I, not that I know of. That might be somewhere uh, in that area too. Um, I'm woefully ill-informed on this. Uh, on this topic, but just for me and my personal experience. So I left this park in Williamsburg mm-hmm. and I drove has about two and a half hours back West, um, to this brewery and it was up on a hill. Um, and I went inside and had dinner and hung out. There was a couple there, uh, from Maryland who were playing, uh, Dominion. Oh, <laughs> the, old, um, the, the, the OG, like, uh, the original, deck, uh, uh, deck, deck builder, builder game. Yeah. yeah. Got respect, and mad respect they said, 
Yeah, I walked in and saw, you know, just the wife there setting up or not setting up because she said they were in the middle of a game, but said I was welcome to join them. And I never found the window in between them, like maybe starting another game or something. I sort of sat. I wasn't going to sit down with them because it is not really my style, mm-hmm. but I I kind of kept watch to see if they were going to set up another game. And then it was just a little too, I think, a little too noisy. There was uh, some live music there, but I did end up talking to him for a while. Um, you know, tell him about the camper and and all of that stuff, and tell him about Gen Con and uh, for them, they live in Maryland, nice. so maybe something like PAX East or right, yeah, something one of those other one of those other gaming conventions. There's a lot in that area, and yeah, yeah, exactly. And so that was a good a good kind of evening, and I went out you know, to my camper fairly early. I mean, breweries close early. So, you know, they close at nine. I was probably back in my camper by like eight, maybe seven thirty. Um Oh, it is early. And it's pretty early, but you know, that gives me time to like watch shows and chill out and whatever. And when I I don't remember why I did this, but at some point I went outside. <laughs> okay. Uh it's probably still see, light at home when you, you got know, light out when you got home. Uh, it was it was light, yeah, when I walked out there. But then l- I walked out when it was dark. Uh, maybe I had to get something out of the car. Sometimes I leave my earbuds in the in the jeep. But I went out and it was dark. Like I'm sure you've been places out in the mm-hmm, country, mm-hmm. right, where it's dark and you can see all the stars. Oh yes, beautiful, right? It was. It was like that because the brewery had been closed for a couple hours. Even all the people working there were gone. And it was just me up on this hill with kind of mountains around me and a few other farms like far away, um, you know, by line of sight down the valley and back up or something. Um, But it was just super quiet and peaceful. And I was like, this is really nice up here. And then I also got to wake up in that same setting. Like, I think by the time I got packed up and rolled out it was um like there was one truck pickup truck there at the at the brewery so like somebody had come in to do something um but very often with a brewery you know i'll leave in the morning and nobody's there because they don't open until Mm. like two or something and so that was just a good like it was a good night and a good morning and then i had um i had another stay booked not very far, like 40 minutes away, um, a little bit further north, but then down into the down into the valley a little more at the place I, I mentioned that was a farm and a with a brewery on it. Oh, right, yeah. And so I decided, as I've been doing, trying to go to national parks that are nearby. Right. Yeah, and so yeah. I'm looking online like there are a lot of um, there's a lot of hiking in um, in the Shenandoah that Park. Makes sense. And. I I discovered and I should have put two and two together, but of course, I don't. You know, I don't really plan for what I'm doing. Go. You know, because I'm I'm still right. working while I'm on the road, and I'm like, what is there to do around me? Maybe I should go see something because I'm not on vacation. But you kind of right. I mean, you're not. You're not. But I am. But you, like I mean, every evening. Yeah, you're I'm on in. Vacation. I'm in different places. Right. Like I don't go out and do. You know, I'm not going to go visit a national park in the evening after I'm done working. I don't have any time. You know what you are? You're on a working vacation. You know those people that, like, go away to somebody like, I'm going to go to San Diego for the week, but I have to work during the day. 
That's what that's what you are. You're right. Constantly Ex on a working vacation. Exactly. So the 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 detail of this schedule is that I had to be out of the RV park Friday by noon. Hmm. And then I was going to Fox's uh, Sunday for the Oscars. And I booked another, I booked a one night stay at an RV park that Sunday night, even though I stayed at Fox's place, because I can't, in his neighborhood, I can't park my RV. He's in a very posh neighborhood with the HOA and all that stuff. Um, and so I basically had the better part of the weekend and definitely all of Saturday just to, you know, just to kind of do whatever with. Um, and so I, Friday afternoon, I sort of meandered over to that brewery kind of slowly. Like I stopped at a little tiny little seafood restaurant and had some catfish and hush puppies kind of mm -hmm. stuff. Cause it's I mean, you're, Virginia, you're it's Maryland, still the South. Virginia. Um, and so Saturday, at, you know, I, I looked a little bit online and I was like, well, maybe I should go, you know, tr try to find a little bit of a trail or, or something to hike. I'm not a big hiker. So I'm like, what's something easy, like, you know, a mile or two at most. And of course there's stuff all over all, all along there. And as I said, I should have realized this, but it's, um, the Appalachian trail goes right through there. Mm. Cool. Uh, it That's connects cool. Maine to Georgia. And so I found a spot and, I, you know, I mapped it out and I was like, but that takes a long time to get such a, such a short way. Well, I figured out why part of it is just distance. Like you can't go a straight line. You've yeah. got to meander right. around. And the skyline drive is a national park. You have to go around and go through and show a pass or pay, um, admission to get onto it um and then once you get up there it's all 35 miles an hour because it's you know windy mountain road that was built like in the 20s or something when that was all the faster cars could go um i mean not all of them there were race cars obviously but people didn't have race cars um and so i did that and it's this like you drive around you drive along this road that goes north and south and every, like, less than a mile, there's an overlook for, to one oh, side or the other. So beautiful. Where, where it's kind of clear and they'll have a little parking lot or just space for, like, two or three cars to pull off on the shoulder. You can get out, take pictures. So I did that a bunch of times. I got to this trail and had to not really park in the lot because I had my camper with me. Um, as far as I could tell, I was the only, uh, weirdo up there pulling a trailer around, mm. but, uh, I, I did see a decent amount of like smaller RVs or like big camper vans. Right. Um, but you know, I parked kind of enough off the road and I was like, well, hopefully, hopefully this will work. And then I walked this trail and it overlaps with the Appalachian trail. So I sent pictures to Sarah, my sister, who has done the, hiking, uh, yeah. the through hike. Yeah, out in California, the um, Pacific Crest Trail. And then I went, you know, I sort of turned and followed a a, a, um, a span of that. It was a little narrower. And I was like, oh, I'm going to check this out. There's something down here called this, like, whatever the landmark was, cabin and spring. And I'm like, that should be cool. 
and I was dumb. I didn't take water with me. So I'm like, uh, okay, I'm not like, I was fine, but I was like, I really should have brought water with mm -hmm. me. <laughs> um, and I got down there and it was like this spot where those through hikers who go like from Georgia to Maine or the They're other way doing the whole thing. Can... Yeah, that's cool. Yeah. Th there were no campers there, but cause it was too cold. I probably still at this time of year, but I could see spots where they could camp if they had little one person tents or there was this cabin that was just like a three walled thing with a roof where a bunch of um, sleeping bags, you know, could stack up on two levels um, on this thing and be out of, you know, some kind of crappy weather. And then they have like these lockers, these metal lockers you put food in and stuff for the bears. I didn't see any bears, but supposedly there are a lot of bears in those mountains oh, geez, yeah and i'm like that's a little uh disconcerting and then as i was walking back from that so that that little spur to go check out all that stuff was about 0.7 miles and it was sloped downhill the whole way and i was like this is gonna be a pain to <laughs> go back up and then it started snowing and i was like ah oh, this is so like i wasn't cold <laughs> you planned on because i was I was, you know, walking uphill and, you know, pretty warm, but I was like, this weather is crappy. And then, uh, but then I finished that. I got back to my Jeep and drove back a little, little ways. And there was a, a um, picnic area where they had enough space with like a lot of picnic tables and more parking. And so I parked my camper there for a while and, you know, opened it up. And rinsed off in my shower, put on dry clothes, made a little bit of lunch on my propane stove, and chilled out there for a while. And that was that was pretty nice. nice. And then finished that drive, went back north quite a ways until I found the visitor's center where I could, um, you know, see the gift shop and get my little passport book yeah. stamped. Nice. And meander my way down to that other brewery where they had a band playing a bunch of old covers, like a lot of what I think of like my parents era uh, music, more, more dad than more mom than dad, mm -hmm. like um, a lot of Carol King and uh, what, what else did they do? Um, Bobby McGee and I don't know, just a lot of stuff that, you know, everybody knew. And then it, it was this weird, because it's a brewery, there were people of all ages there, like older people, people my age, people younger, and then like a handful of children. And I was like, this is weird kids in a bar, <laughs> but it's a brewery, right? So it's a different, it's a different kind of atmosphere. Um, yeah. And so that was my, that was my weekend. And then I parked my rig and drove up to, um, Fox's place, which took, the drive back Monday morning took me about an hour 20, an hour 15. Oh, yeah. The drive up took about the drive up took about two hours because there was traffic, because there were accidents. Oh. Because I had to drive like in the outskirts of D.C. There, there were some crazy accidents because oh. of the weather that was happening this last week. Oh, yeah. That in Pennsylvania. Yeah. That I don't think that was later. That was after I had left i mean and i didn't obviously i didn't go into pennsylvania yeah. but um 
yeah, and then, you know, we hung out and saw the Oscars. I don't know that I have much to say about did, that. Did you see the slap there for the world? I did. A lot of people have a lot of uh, takes on that sure, on that that situation. I will say, seeing it live, it was it was disconcerting because the audio went out, like they muted. I, I only saw the full thing, like unmuted, uncensored. You know, like the next day. Yeah, I, that's yeah. All so I've as how, how was it as live? we were watching it? Yeah, as we were watching it, like there are people cracking jokes, right? Like the so host. We're, ta- we're talking um, about Will Smith and Chris Rock Oscar slap thing. Yeah, yeah. If if you you've probably even if you didn't watch the so Oscars, which very yeah, I don't normally watch it. I just happen to be at an Oscars party, so we watched it, and there was a lot of joking all the time, like Amy Schumer, Wanda Sykes, and uh, Regina King, I think, were the hosts, like female comedians cracking jokes and making fun of movies all night like that's the atmosphere and it's chris rock he's a comedian and he makes this you know cracks this joke about um jada smith will smith's wife and i didn't really understand what was happening at the time um but you know will smith says something and then the audio cuts out. And I, of course, assume, assume there's something wrong with the feed, yeah. right? Or with the TV. I'm like, oh, something went wrong. We can't hear it. Wait, when, and then when he did slaps they cut the audio? Him. They cut the audio after the slap or before the slap? No, right right after the joke, I think Will Smith started to say something, like he yelled at him, and then he got up. Oh. Um, I, might, I might be, you know, mixing up the sequence of events, yeah. but somewhere right around there when he got up is when the audio cut out and then we could see him saying something and then um and then the audio came on and then later when will smith won his oscar for uh king richard that tennis movie that i didn't see um they cut the video like he was talking and then something happened i don't know if it was like just something like gross from him crying up there or something but they you know they showed a logo and we could hear him saying you know i hope they didn't you didn't have to see that on tv or whatever Mm. and then a few seconds later the video came back it was very strange Uh, yeah for for us that watched it afterwards it was much more clear like you could see the whole all sequence sure and it's it's kind of sad that the most people, most of the videos were from other countries that had broadcast it because only like mostly America has all these restrictions on stuff. Um, yeah, like, well, who knows? Yeah, I, I mean, mean, they were like from Australia yeah. and from England. They were like they've just broadcast the whole thing. Uh, which is yeah, I'm. I'm sure there. I'm sure there are countries with with worse restrictions than here, but they probably didn't see the Oscars at all. Yeah, they just they so. just don't see them all. Um. Right. Yeah, and, and and I don't really care to get too much into it. I I I always like to um I like, always like one of my favorite words is empathy, like understanding how other people come from or, or where they're coming from on things. Right. Um, yeah. And trying even like people who do you harm, even though it's very difficult, uh, it's usually easier to see that later after the fact, like years later. Sometimes you know empathy is someone does you wrong. Mm-hmm. Uh, but 
you know, when I see things like that or, or things that are unexpected when people do behaviors that I don't understand, even like heinous behaviors, not, this wasn't a heinous behavior, but like big things. Uh, I, I try to think, it's probably my Christian upbringing. Uh, you know, what, what is it, um, not to get too religious here, but you know, God always says you're supposed to forgive, try to forgive even the worst people. And I always thought that was the weirdest thing. The hardest thing is that you can forgive someone who's like a, terrible rapist or stuff you know so i always think of like empathy what what, sure. what, what is it that um you know could put someone in that kind of, kind of mind and whatever you say about this i always look at that and say you know these people are just normal people right they they live fantastic lives that are probably super high pressure and um they live lives with money beyond that we can understand so it's a whole different kind of life but it's still humans working with emotions in a different situation that, that we have. So I always wonder like, who knows what's going on in that guy's life, right? That, that he's going through for the last several, like year or six months or maybe last, last month. Right. And maybe he's having some really hard yeah. emotional times. And then, and then he's had, yeah, I mean, some physical problems. Maybe he's I, just feeling not had a lot of sleep. And then all of a sudden this is like the last straw and then it happens. Sure, like, sure. I mean, that's I, I, that's true. So many anything. people, right? You're like, you 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 know, lose your lose your temper or lose your your civility or your reason or you know yeah. your logic brain, whatever whatever your word you want to describe that. Sometimes it is one thing, right? Like one thing just uh, you know just Finally flips does. you around. But right. but much more often it's you know, however many other things under the surface, I mean, it's sort of the opposite of what I described with my Friday evening and, and, and Saturday of last weekend, there was nothing, there was no one thing that I did that whole weekend that was amazing and like incredible, you know, life changing moment. It was just a sequence of really nice, pleasant things that contributed to me just generally having a really good day um and this is you know you know the opposite of that i mean everything that i've heard and which has all been you know like anecdotes and hearsay because it's been all over the handful of discords that i'm on is um is that uh jada smith has has been struggling with alopecia i want to say yeah and you know is dealing with hair loss and it's probably you know, of, I don't know if I want to say traumatic, but like difficult situation for them. And Chris Rock make, made a joke about it, but Chris Rock is a comedian, right? He's just trying to make people laugh. So yeah, it's maybe over the line in retrospect, but you rewind to the Oscars a couple years ago when they had, um, Ricky Gervais on there, just roasting people nonstop. And it was hilarious, right? Like, it's a tricky line. I'm not justifying the joke because I think it's yeah. You know, I always, in always, that context, I've never it's, been a fan it's, of like it's roasts. especially over the line. Yeah, but I've never been a fan of roasts. Like some people love them. Like they get on there and they love being roasted and like like they like roasts. Yeah, I mean one of the one of the things one of the things people say, and I feel like I couldn't find the quote, but I I felt like this was a thing Chris Rock even said is that you can make fun of things that people do but you shouldn't make fun of who people are. Yeah. Right. It's like how you can, 
you can make a joke that might seem you know racist or racially based but if it's about something ridiculous that's some not something ridiculous but like something that somebody does they can laugh at it too it's like oh yeah i do this this and this and it's still like comedy is a tricky line to walk right yeah i, I but I, I was talking this over this over with with shelly my fiance and we were, we were sitting at dinner and she was like we didn't really have opinions you know i mean it's it's nothing it's it's people yeah. that don't affect us but you know just just thoughts and she's like you right. know you know this violence it, we were very nonchalant about the, the conversation but she was like you know it's it's violence and shouldn't do things and i said you know shelly has lupus my fiance she has shit so it's a thing that makes mm. you tired and it's it's a, a thing all the time and she struggles with she's not it doesn't make her happy uh you know she doesn't like having she's glad that she was diagnosed with it finally um but she sure uh you know it's a thing that's not great and it affects her life every single day every day and when she doesn't mm -hmm. have it it's like when she doesn't affect her day it's it's like a blessed day to just be normal right and right. um and i see it i see it all the time and and she she I, it's one of the things that i love about her is that you know she's a warrior because she struggles through it and fights through it and still becomes through often as a normal type thing when she's struggling with no, these things and i said if if a waiter had walked up and made a um, directly to you, a lupus joke about you having lupus, I'd knocked him flat on the floor, right? Because every right. single day I see how difficult this is for you and how much pain this causes you. And then someone to come up and think it's a funny thing that I can just make a joke because I'm a comedian. Like the, the thing there in that situation was like, no one really knows. And he hasn't even said whether he even knew, like maybe he, she's been open about it, but I didn't know about it. Right. Like he maybe just made a funny joke and didn't realize that she had a thing, you know, um, and, and then Will Smith, you know, snapped and maybe had a stressful day. But I don't know. It's just that the, the thing about it that's worth talking about is like the the, the Internet or the, the fact that the world seems to have an opinion. Who, who cares? It, no, none of this affects anyone. Right. It, it doesn't affect anyone. Uh, it's these two guys and, and their family and whatever, and they were giving an award ceremony and he comes up and he did a, a violent thing that was, you know, not appropriate. And this other guy chose to press charges or not, but that's a total other people's lives. And as long as you live your life the way you want to live your life, you know, what Will Smith does and Chris Rock does and Jada Smith struggles, it's not, a, it's not that big a deal, but um, my favorite thing is that Shelly sent me a thing of a picture of a World War One veteran who was in the war, exhausted with all of his gear on, sitting down in his tent, writing a letter. And it says, Dear Penelope, day three of Will Smith and Chris Rock memes. I don't think I can survive anymore. <laughs> it's, like, <laughs> it's like, gosh, people yeah. just I mean, that's break, the, you know? Yeah, I mean, at this point, it's it's been a few days now. I mean, it was when people were somebody in our discord was like, people are still talking about this. And I'm like, it's Monday. It happened last night. That's true. That's like, true. Yeah. It's not it's not old news yet. Yeah. Um, And that's, you know, that's the whole thing with celebrity. Right. Yeah, like people, they're, they're, you know, in exchange, you know, this is sort of the way I think of it, which is probably a cynical perspective. But in exchange for, you know, in a lot of cases, getting a lot of money becoming very wealthy and sometimes being surrounded by uh you know yes men kind of people who want to 
who want to serve you or yeah. or you know remove obstacles from your life. You're one percent uh, in that one percenter group, right? And I don't know. I'm not saying all actors are one percent or Will even Smith all successful is. actors are. Will Smith probably is. Um, maybe you know, maybe whatever. I'm not speculating on, on his wealth, but probably lives in a really nice house and all that kind of stuff. Usually, what comes along with that for being very famous is having to live your life in public in a, a little bit. Right. Lose it, lo- yeah, living in a fishbowl. Like that's, you know, sorry, you yeah, know, no, I, <laughs> just I'm with the, you just there. The way, I'm with you there. The, yeah. Like. Like there are there are a lot of things about that that I'm sure are really crappy. Yeah. Right. Totally, I'm not, yeah. and and I can empathize with that. But you, you get, know, you get. I don't paid. think I don't think you can. I don't think you can change that. You know. Um, I, yeah, that's just I, I the kind way, of agree. I kind of think, and and we are we the way do, the world do works. a lot of media and movies here, so it's kind of that is our topic here. I think that uh, hmm. when someone gets paid three million dollars for a movie or up considerably upwards, right. Um, that money is mm-hmm. not just as necessarily for their talent. And I'm sure they will argue to the end of the world otherwise, but uh, that is not proportional to their you know, skills. Uh, it is, I think it's partial, my personal opinion, partial compensation for what comes with being an actor, right? That part of the being in a fishbowl and, and having to have all this extra stuff is that you get paid $3 million for this, for this, um, so don't complain when everyone wants to your autograph, right? Or everyone wants to do. It. I'm not right. saying don't complain because when paparazzi are climbing over your fence, that's that's not where I'm going here. Yeah, that's that's different. Di- that's different. But you know, when someone makes jokes about you constantly, you know that is tef- definitely going to happen. So yeah. Anyway, wrapping that up, I I didn't want I didn't want to say that I'm come out here and saying I'm condoning anything or that I'm not condoning anything. Uh, I just had that empathy comment on. You know, just one, it's not, it's not you don't get involved or have an opinion on thing that doesn't affect you or matter. Let them live their own damn lives. And, and then two, you know, before you make, you know, downcast judgments on people, have a little bit of empathy and think, and think, you know, you don't know what happened with these people. So yeah, yeah. yeah, Move on with it. And it's just, it's just Oscars. Nobody gives a crap about most of that stuff anyway. (laughs) Um, but I'll so, say can, can, to, I, can to, I say, can I say get, ask you how was the party though? Was it fun? I know I've always yeah, heard so much about it. That's that's where I was going to go. It was fun to talk to. I met a lot of um, uh, Fox Jill's you met friends Geek Scholar and, Chris. And I've never met Geek Scholar Chris. I I I did meet Geek, Geek Scholar Chris. He made us uh, the James Bond martini from the book. Excellent from the books. Excellent. Um, which was which was nice. I had a lot of chats with people telling them all about the camper and all of that stuff. Um, I talked to Fox's brother-in-law for a while ab- all about um, the Star Wars prequels or sequels <laughs> and uh, and the Aliens franchise and and Avatar, uh, the the blue people, not the Last Airbender. And then Fox gave us uh, ballot boxes to pick who we thought we were going to oh, win. Oh man, that sounds in all the <laughs> in all the categories. I got three of them right out of like whatever 26 or seven awards there are. Uh, I picked Dune for all of the things it didn't win and none of the things it did except for one like visual effects or something. Uh, So that was that was cool. And then I mean, most of that was just because even though I've watched a lot of them or a handful of them in the last 
couple weeks, there were still just a ton that I haven't seen. I didn't see Coda, and it it ran away with a lot of. It was actually between Coda or Belfast for what we would watch this past week for the podcast. And so I was like, man, if I had seen Coda, maybe I would have hmm. known to give it to give it more or to predict it for more things. I don't it, know. It, it, that that always, that whole process sounds terrible to me. I I. I like and admire Fox's uh, Oscar party that he always has every year. and They have so much fun, what I see with it. I'm jealous of all the cool food they always have. Um, but um, right. I, I, I just don't know. I mean, we as much as we talk about media, I never know any of the Oscar stuff. Like I just, it's, it's a complete different shunted side thing than anything I watch, right? I mean, I should say anything. I mean, we, we watch things like Encanto and and whatnot but occasionally we'll see things uh but i don't know if i've watched any of the best pictures i don't know if there was was there any best pictures we had that we watched at all you remember um dune? was dune up i think dune was up i should have had this up right. before we but uh yeah I, I i so so it's just it's just it's always so different and i don't know what the reason for that is uh since we're kind of talking a little bit Oscars here. I don't understand what the disconnect between those in the business with air quotes and everyone else is that, that um, we'll get this when we talked about Belfast, like why something like, let's say, uh, what was a good popular culture one? Like, like, um, I don't know, far, uh, uh, no way home or something doesn't get, get, get elected. Um, whereas, you know, something like Belfast does or something else because, because they, it feels like a, they know better. I think that's one of the things why the Oscars have, have dropped so drastically in the last 10 years on viewership is that it feels so much more like the, the awards and the movies and the things that are nominated on, are based on, we know better than, than they are in actual performances. Cause sometimes I'll watch some of these movies and I'll think, yeah, that was a fine performance, but I don't think it was like, oh my god, this is so much better than something else. I watched Power of Dog. Yeah. Power of the Dog was, for example, like, it was fine, but Power of the Dog was nominated in the movies. the The ones that I've seen were Nightmare Alley, Dune, and Belfast. Um, also on the list were Don't Look Up, Drive My Car, King Richard, Licorice Pizza, and West Side Story. Now I've seen things like, and I will say, Will Smith has has done that have made like emotional impacts on acting performances. And some of those I'm like, man, that made me feel right. Um, I mean, right. We're several years removed. I can say this Tony Stark dying made me crushed. Right. And, and the way that that was performed and acted and the way he, even not his, his passing away moments, like his other moments, his very emotional moments when, he he comes back on on Endgame at the beginning and he's mad at at, at uh, Steve Rogers for not being there, right? And he he's all uh, emaciated and and he has a very emotional scene. I'm like, that's a really powerful moment that made me have feelings. Whereas when I watch many of these other shows that are nominated for their great awards, don't make me feel anything. And, and I don't, and it just feels like oh, it's because it's nominated by these people who know better. Right. We, we just know better. And I, I mean, I think we talk about this. I, we've talked about this a couple of yeah. times, especially when this time of year, when it comes around, 
I think it's always been, maybe not always, but for many, many years has been a disconnect between something being popular, right? Well, it doesn't have to because... be popular. I mean, pop- the thing is that popular movies can still have great acting and great emotional parts in them. I think they get discounted they can. by the they Academy can. because they're popular or because they're a genre. Like uh... Scorsese won't even watch a Marvel movie. Like he he's like I mean dismisses them and, and poops yeah. and everything. He, and he will talk to everyone around him about how like Marvel movies aren't movies. Like he's never seen them, right? Sure. I mean that's I mean that's just one guy who makes a certain kind of movie. But he's a I pretty powerful. I don't understand. Right? You know, I don't understand why anybody is surprised by that opinion. Yeah. Like that's and and he is representative know. of most of the academy. I mean I don't know. I can't speak to that in terms of who. Who or what is part of the Academy? I mean, I think Dune is a good example of something that was very popular and is on this list. I mean, part of it is there are only so many, there are only so many slots. I do think the like, um, the politicizing of it. I mean, I mean, there's always been weird sorts of like, who knows what kind of insider stuff and and all of that. Um, kind of thing but like like i always say it's a, a a part of it is the critic thing right where you're if you're someone in the academy like you're deep in this world and you're looking for an achievement like something something different and something new or something that's that has some kind of message that's i mean we were talking about this last week with picard like something that can convey a message in an effective way and not be ham-handed about it. Like, um, I think our movie Belfast was that way. Um, to an extent, like try to convey what, what a horrible time this was in history without like preaching at people in any way, without like, um, without just like lecturing at people, but to show like, to, to present like that's that's the power of film is that you can show instead of telling if you're just if your characters are just talking and like oh yeah this is such a horrible time in history when they did this the thing and i don't want to get into talking about picard right now but um that's the stuff that they're starting to do in this season too and i'm like you you have a visual medium like you can express you can communicate those things in subtler ways you don't have to tell us like this isn't a ted talk <laughs> sure and so so i think i think that's one of those things for movies like um it seems like coda was this way uh the one that won best picture um i don't know about power of the dog because i haven't seen it but it seemed like there might have been some of that there um and so i don't know i don't know i think they try to you know, they're always trying to look for something different and new. And then for the last few years, they've been really, you know, because of some outside pressures and whatever else, trying to, um, you know, consider more diverse, right? That's the word nobody wants to hear. Uh-huh. Um, options. And, and that plays into it, too. Um, well, I don't I don't think that so, I don't think that any of so that. I don't know. I, one, when we right, we may have talked about this before, like things like a popular movie category, stupid, right? And and trying to, to intentionally get these address that issue of things that everyone else but Hollywood likes, 
and and then like I said the whole we know better than you movies um they're them trying to address that has never been successful and has been terrible and I think a lot of that is because they're trying to change the opinions of the people who live in LA like the, the, and that's they just mm. can't do that their members are made up of people it's kind of like and I'm just going to say it here on the on the air it's kind of like changing the trying to say we need to change the viewers of Fox News that's not happening you know you you can't change mm. it's that's who the pe- the people are the demographic that you have as part of your viewership or the demographic sure. the, the, the 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 demographic you have of your your members that's what they do that's how they that's what they're going to do and they're always going to nominate that thing and they're and they're always going to be Martin Scorsese's and not watch uh, popular films matter of fact a lot of those people in the academy are going to see the box office numbers and intentionally not go watch those. I guarantee you they'll go to the movie theater and say, oh, everyone's watching this one, but there's this little movie over here, and I'm going to go watch that one, right? I mean, and, and that's that's what they'll do. I don't think the Academy can change that. I really don't think that there's anything that they can do from format or categories. They, they're trying. I give them at least credit for that, but um, I, I don't know if there's anything that the Oscars can can do to... Uh, to to mitigate the the or the the bleeding viewership that they, that they have, uh, good on them for trying. It's just their pe- the people in Hollywood in LA have become have become so disconnected. And while I don't like Ricky Gervais's the way he does things, I don't like his I didn't not like his year of the Oscars because I did not appreciate those roasting jokes. Um, he's not wrong. I just don't think he's funny. Yeah, yeah, I agree with that. But he's not necessarily wrong. Like a lot of the things he says about Hollywood, he's burning on Hollywood and don't give us your opinions and stuff like that aren't wrong. I think the problem is that, right. that, that, that is the city of Hollywood and is taking a course that I just took in the LA stuff that I talked about on the show. I see that more mm. and more. They're just so disconnected from everything else in the rest of the world. Just, just deep in it. Yeah. And, and, and you as a, as a wannabe Hollywood person are ingrained into that and you must become this kind of thing. And it's this huge machine that changes, you know, your view on the rest of the world. Um, so anyway, it, it, there's nothing you can do about the Oscars. It's always going to be what it is. But uh, the the slap thing was weird too. Uh, okay, so mo- moving on that from <laughs> that. Hey, can we, let's let's talk about let's go ahead and move into that one and talk about our movie of the week for Belfast. <laughs> All right, this week we watched uh, this last year's, I almost said this year, 2021 uh, film Belfast, yep. written and directed by Kenneth Branagh, um, starring the dude from Fifty Shades, Jamie Dornan. Oh, I didn't, and, I didn't know. I didn't uh, know that was it. Lady from um, Outlander. Oh, that's Trina who that is. Belfi. I knew I saw her somewhere before. Mm-hmm. Okay. And of course, Lady. Or Dame and, and Dame, D- Dame Judy Dench, Judy Dench. and wonderful and, uh, Kiernan Hines as the as the grandparents. Mm-hmm. Oh, they were wonderful too. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So uh, I guess I go first. Um, so Shell and I watched this one. Shell made me wait on this one. I was I was going to watch it earlier in the week, and she's like, "I don't know, that's something I'll watch." She had her 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 parents who are older; they're in their seventies, um, late seventies. Uh, watched this movie and said, uh, her mom said, oh, watch this movie. I watched Belfast. You should watch it, is what she said. And they mm. don't watch a whole lot. 
Um, so for Shelly mm-hmm. to get that, and Shelly does not necessarily like their opinion on movies. And she's like, oh, it's probably right. some documentary that's very boring and everyone dies <laughs> in the end. I was like, hey, that's the movie that, that Dennis and I are going to watch. Um, and she said, well, I'll watch it with you. I said, okay. So, it's, you know, oftentimes coordinating that with family is difficult. Uh, so we kind of, yep, yep. we waited on, not to last minute, but like Monday, we we're going to watch it after work Monday before we were going to record on, on there. Like, okay, well we have to watch it at five o'clock. Um, so we sat down Tuesday actually and watched it. And, um, uh, we, so we, we both came out with the same opinion on this one. Uh, after it was over, it wasn't unpleasant, but our, when it was over, we both looked at each other and said, meh. I mean, we both shrugged our shoulders and then we're like, that's okay. Uh, there, we both agreed probably that maybe there's some kind of meta that we don't know. Maybe there's like a crow off screen that represents the IRA or something that we didn't see, but we just didn't, the, the subject matter, I'm not going to spoilers here, but like the IRA versus the uh, IRA, the, the Catholic versus the Protestant, uh, is troubles in Ireland during the sixties and before and after still is very fascinating. Mm-hmm. That, that is a, Everyone listening to the show should go read about it, listen to it. There's multiple podcast episodes based on it. I've listened to a couple. It is mm-hmm. crazy and cool and interesting and scary and yeah, worthy of multiple movies and stories, without a doubt. Uh, I still don't quite understand, can't grapple with it. It's just crazy. Um, the peace walls and such. Uh, and that's what this movie, mm-hmm. addre- I don't want to say addresses. It's set in. It's set in that time. Mm-hmm. Um but overall, I just have to be me and say say what I say. I, I there there was no real story here that grabbed onto me. There was nothing that like there was no progression or, um, I mean there is kind of a little bit of a progression, but nothing that happened uh, that was big or impactful. There was no story that I felt I, um was cheering for anything. I was always cheering for the family. Of course you're cheering for the family. Um, Mm -hmm. But there was no real, we just watched, we just watched some people. I think Shelly had said, it's like somebody said, I lived in this really difficult time and I want to tell a story about my life during this difficult time, but nothing in your, in in your particular life was relatively interesting. So you made a, you, you wrote in one little, one little scene that was kind of interesting and exciting, but you didn't actually do it because the rest of your life was just like normal. You got, you got parent, got grandparents who got old, who died and, or I don't know that spoiler. Um, you had some bad people, you moved away and your kid fell in love with another sixth grader and that's it. So maybe we missed something. Maybe we didn't get what we were supposed to get or a message, but, and we watched it intently all the way through, but I think we were left with like, something is going to happen every turn. And maybe it's the, 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 the world we live in now and watch media as we're expecting like somebody to be mm-hmm. murdered. Like we definitely, we definitely expected the kid to be murdered right off the bat. Like we were like, he's going to be murdered. <laughs> oh, every time he's going to be murdered. Do you- you know. Do you think maybe the two of you watch too much media about murders? <laughs> maybe, your, right? Uh... I mean, we watch Game of Thrones and we watch every th- every media these days. Like they they give you a main character that's going to die, right? Right, um, right. Well, and you've and you've mentioned before that that Shelley is big into the true crime genre. Mm. 
Sure, but even me. I mean, these kind of serious movies that are nominated for Oscars, they make you like somebody and then kill them off. That's what the, and then sure. usually they'll end the movies with that death and then fade to black and it's over. Um, so that's what we expected the whole time. And, and not that that had to happen, because actually I'm a big fan when that doesn't happen. But it felt like that's the only thing left in this movie that's going to make something have a point. Because there's no real point here. Besides the fact that there's war in this city. Uh, so anyway, I, I kind of been talking for a long time. I, I'm not putting it down because it wasn't a bad movie. We didn't dislike our time. It was just, mm-hmm. it was just one that like we watched it, and went on. You know, uh, so it was it was nominated. So clearly, we must have missed something. I, I don't know what it was. But okay, so your turn. Sorry, I don't. Yeah, I don't. I don't know that. I don't know that you missed anything. I mean, I you probably gave it more attention than I did, even though I did sit and watch the whole thing. I did toward the end, toward the third act, um, people started getting chatty on Discord, and I had to keep pausing it, so I lost a little bit of the flow and the cadence there. Yeah. Um, but I think... So this is... It's based on true events from Kenneth Branagh's childhood. I don't know how closely what we saw on screen was accurate to what he I didn't realize that was it true I, events with him. That's, that that makes a lot of sense I, I assume that the character of buddy is is vaguely based on um is vaguely based on him okay. um i don't know what these sorry i'm on i've got imdb up and it's showing me uh showing me numbers from oscars things which i don't want to read right now um and you know, I think there's there's probably some interesting thing there about, like, which side are they on, right? Like, they don't want to pick a side. And then the guy who is on their side, um, just, like, by religion, by religious affiliation, yeah, yeah. is really just as much of a thug as um, the the Catholics who are trying he's, to drive them out of the their neighborhood. He's, he's just a gangster. And you're like how do we deal with these warring sides and like they want to leave, but the kid really, really doesn't want to leave. Right. Mm-hmm. Like they've, they've been there. It's, you know, that to me was a thing. Cause that's a thing that people say all the time when they're like, Oh, why don't you just leave? And yes, in some contexts, it maybe makes sense when you're like, why do you live on a fault line where there are earthquakes or why do you live where, hurricanes come like some sometimes people are in some place really nice right some like tropical uh um california or or whatever and you know sometimes natural disasters strike well natural disasters strike all kinds of places right there are really boring mundane places in kansas where tornadoes come through so whatever that's that's a different but but, but three million people have decided to leave ukraine right now because it's the smart thing to do Right. That, that's right, the same right. thing. Is like it, when you see these and, terrible things when there are are deaths and murders and fire bombs and cars exploding in front of your house and your house being in it. You do what they do in Ukraine. You get up and you move. Not saying that everybody in Ukraine. Moves, right. But you know. Right. But but very often people are like, oh, if it's so terrible there, why don't you just leave? Well, you don't know. Like, how hard is it for you to leave? Sure. You know, from a position of of being a you know middle class white person with access to to moving trucks and and all of those things and 
and are already kind of far from some of your family? What if both your parents and your spouse's parents live next door and all of your aunts and uncles are around the block and you've all been there for several generations and literally all your friends and family are in this one small area? How difficult is that for you for you to move what if you live somewhere and you don't have a car whatever i don't know that's a, no no they, they, they no it's, it's worth it because they, they make that's kind of their biggest push i think in this whole movie was that they they make three different big scenes where they try to address this intentionally it's it's an intention like the wife does yeah. it the kid does it and both the wife and the kid give good performances to make the best they can um but also in those scenes and this is very anecdotal you know uh, Shelly and I both said the kid will get over it in two, two months. He'll totally forget when he gets new friends. Like he, he, right. he won't be dead from a random riot. <laughs> right? right. So, so right. if my kid was, if Lola was like, you know, I don't want to leave and crying and grandma and grandpa are right here and everything. Like it, I get it. And it's sad, but you will forget it in two months. Right. But you will be alive. Lola. Right. You know, it's one of those or, things. Or you'll have a career in film and eventually make a movie about <laughs> exactly, it. Exactly, exactly. Right. For an Oscar. Which, which it sounds like that's what Kenneth Branagh's parents decided. They were like, "Yeah, we don't want you to die, Kenneth. We're moving away." Yeah, yeah. And so I think I think that's all it was. I don't think there was ever supposed to be a like big action um, kind of thing. It's like some of the movies we watch for the poster, like. Um, um, boys in the hood, right? I mean, in that case, somebody did die, yeah. but or um, or uh, 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 City of God, mm. same kind of thing. It's just like this. I mean, those were a little more like here in the time. This one is a little more historical to say, like you know, these things happened, and there's still there's still tension. Like I've been there and I can feel it. Like it didn't feel Bel- uh, um Dublin just felt like a city, right? It's a city with different neighborhoods and people are whatever Belfast. When we drove into it, I was like, this feels, and I don't know, you know, psychosomatic, whatever, but I was like, it feels tense here. And there's not been open violence since like the early nineties, but it still has that, like just a little bit of that mood hanging over it now like a full generation since since the fighting stopped yeah it's very it's very open fighting stopped and and i uh there is a podcast called 99 percent invisible that i absolutely love it's the one that i always listen to and and they have random Mm topics that they really really go into for like an hour and one of these was these peace walls in ireland and this is when i first heard this Hmm. even today like today they don't want the the walls down every time they try to take the walls down like the government's like hey it's time we're going to move on and we're going to heal or come one company let's take these uh, one one city let's take these down the overwhelmingly the population is like no they just make me feel safe you know and yeah today like you know 2022 they're like no no this makes me feel safe i'm like wow that's a real thing I mean, and and there's a thing like where, um, like here people fly flags, right? Mm -hmm. American flag, state flag, maybe political flag Mm -hmm. or snake flag or uh, a BLM flag or whatever, depending on, depending on who you are. And I I don't know if this happens in cities, but um, where I've been, like that stuff is spread out, 
right? Like maybe you'll be in a town that's very blue and you'll see pride flags and, and all that kind of stuff. And then you got to get out in the country and you see Trump flags. Mm-hmm. In Belfast, there were neighborhoods flying the Union Jack, the British, the UK flag. Um, and not like, not big flags from houses like we have, but kind of like they would be strung along or, or kind of whatever. And I asked our Airbnb host and she said, um, that's the one that's, those are those neighborhoods, the loyalist or, or royalist, the, the, I think those are the orange neighborhoods in their, in their parlance. And then the others don't fly flags because they're like you know they're like we're for ireland this is we don't need a flag to prove that because we're in ireland and that's you know that's assumed and then it's the it's the loyalists who are flying you know the british the english flag it's not the english flag the the uk flag i don't know the right word for that is um and that's and that's very interesting but um yeah i think i think in terms of this movie it really is it really ju- is just that like it's not it's not really a documentary but just a sort of recreation like um you know not a maybe a chronicle is the right word like a lord of the ring though lord of the rings is more of a travelogue cuz they cuz they go around in places but this is just like a like a kind of um dramatized retelling of these events and it's by design a very small story right like the family in the in the movie they have some opinions but they're not they're just trying to live and i think the if there if there is any kind of message and this is why i said this earlier about how it's it's almost the opposite of heavy-handed right like we rail on about heavy-handed and and this movie is much more of we say a light touch because i think there are things that we can see in it things that we can we can learn some of that is about history right like there's this place we've been talking about belfast for the last 20 minutes the place Mm. um but there are also still places all of the world like you you mentioned ukraine earlier um where there are people stuck in the middle and that's that's exactly what happened to this family like they have their belief, but their their religious and spiritual belief doesn't extend to politics. Like, they don't want to be involved in the politics one way or another, and they're getting pressure from both sides. One side physically attacking them, and the other side with this gangster guy, like, trying to recruit the dad or take um, protection money from him or whatever. And they have to leave like they are truly innocent in this situation and still have to make some kind of choice have to eventually leave yeah as spoiler for the end of the movie um and there are there are still people experiencing that every day all over the world and and i agree that's kind of where i I started at the beginning was like it, it is a definite uh, field or area of worth exploring in great movies, like in, in telling great stories. I don't necessarily felt that this one did anything to move mm. me. 
or move us or anything like we know about it but it didn't mm -hmm. it didn't do things and one of the things that going to be a weird thing to, to, to reference here but we watched not too long ago the movie legends of the fall and and i bring that okay. one up because that brought up a lot of things that happened in history from world war one to like the a family not wanting to get involved with that and then some sons doing and and there's tension and that and then it, you know that happening and then there's prohibition that happens enforcing different stuff with that that happens mm -hmm. so there's a lot of history that happened in that movie but it also had a, an epic story or th things that happened with the family members intention and relations and coming back together there was like this sweeping story with action not action acting and uh drama and romance and tension and family drama and you know there's a lot of there's a lot of emotions and things that went along that story that were also helped helped you understand what prohibition was and why families did the way they did and why families wanted to mm. go to world war one, even though like the parents necessarily didn't. And the, the, when they come back and they lose family members from that thing and how they feel like all of that felt very emotional and big. And, and it made you feel impactful about all of those historical things that happened. I didn't get that from this. This is a very big thing with a very big topic. I'm not saying this movie is bad. It just did not give me a Hollywood movie thing. It was just, somebody telling the story like now i know kenneth Branagh telling a story about his life when he experienced being in that thing which is bad and terrible but it didn't it wasn't anything huge like other things that i've seen so from that standpoint alone i'm not saying this movie is bad or 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 wrong or the topic isn't incredible and worth more exploring more i'd love to see more movies in this this time period in this area of the world and this topic there's just got to be so much more that because it's fictional or, or not, um, that that needs to be explored. This movie itself, when we as we come out of this to the end here, I and we talk about who do we recommend this to? I don't know if I'd recommend it to anybody. Uh, there's nobody I know that would watch this movie and come out of it and say, "Man, that was really great." Man, I feel like that was worth watching. Mm. Not not no one would say like it was terrible. I don't think anyone I know that would say it was bad. But I don't think mm -hmm. anyone would come back from watching Belfast and say, man, I, I got to watch that again, right? And man, that was, I have to do some in, introspective work or n none of that, right? Or, man, I love that kid and, and that story was so inspiring. Yeah, it was great. It was okay. But <laughs> I, I don't know if there's anyone here that I would recommend that to, that I can even think to. Not because it's bad, just because it was bland. Uh, and that's, mm. that's me, clearly. Yeah, no, I mean, I I definitely get what you're saying. I think, and we could we could go on on this. I mm -hmm. think I think his, history stories like this you can sometimes, um, sometimes become exploitative. Like I think I don't I don't feel this personally, but I've heard this argument against a movie like Schindler's List, where you're like, Schindler's okay, yeah, one, yeah, this this one guy saved a lot of people, and that's an inspiring story, but this horrible thing still happened and there were still you know i don't know the numbers but many many people who did die that he that he couldn't save so like you've taken something tragic and made this kind of not fun but like hollywood kind of story and it's also worth noting belfast is not a hollywood movie it's you know was made by studios in northern ireland and yeah 
and all those things. But yeah, yeah, in terms of like who I would recommend to see it, it's a hard, it's a hard recommendation. I think, I think probably like my dad and my sister Sarah would probably watch it and appreciate it. It's not, you know, just like again, Schindler's List and uh, City of God and Boys in the Hood. It's not fun movie it's not a enjoyable experience and i think that's kind of the idea but wouldn't wouldn't Um, you wouldn't you recommend those movies you just named to multiple people so that they can have a better appreciation for those things that happened not necessarily schindler's list is the end-all be-all of the holocaust but when you come out of that movie i think that you have an emotional experience that you either a feel that you want to go and learn more or that you need to know more or that you learned more and that you have an, have something that like you want to tell other people, like, go watch this. You'll, you need to learn about this, you know? Right. And I, and I'm not sure Belfast is the one that I'm going to say, Hey, you want to learn about the Irish Protestant and Catholic war? Go watch Belfast. I don't, I don't know if that's going to tell them anything. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's not, no, and not and not for those reasons. I think I mean just like everything. Like I would have to really think about the person and what kind of stuff that they're into um and make sure, you know, because I can't ever recommend something without a lot of like caveats and explanation that like yeah, this is not a not a sweeping inspiring moving story like Schindler's List or a harsh indictment of a of an active situation like City of God, but is this you know, very poignant, very emotional story of just one family. It's a very small, scoped story, and it's not going to be, and it's not going to be epic. It's the opposite of epic. Yeah. Right? Um, but yeah, I mean, at, definitely would not recommend it to just anybody. Yeah, um, for sure. And that w- but... Which makes it perfect uh, Oscar bait. Like, it makes it per- <laughs> a perfect thing that, like, Nobody will actually watch because it's not something that you really come away from it as like, or 95% of people aren't going to like have any appreciation for, or it's going to be any relevant to them. But those true. Just like, just like Dune. Just, just like Dune. Right. But, but some of those people will, will come away and say, Oh yeah, that's, that really was important to me or whatever. And, and that's what feels like the Oscars we're, we're saying there. So, um, it didn't win, uh, so it's not not saying that, but it, it was nominated. So anyway, yeah, be, uh, Belfast. That's that. That was that. Um, All right, it's your pick. Uh, what do we got? What have you got uh, this week? <laughs> Can I go as far opposite as that from as possible? Um, or or wait, wait. You know what? Let's let's go. Let's embrace this. Let's embrace the Oscars time and what this kind of good. What we'd say. Some people say we're great acting. Let's watch the Dead Poet Society. Okay, oh captain, my captain. Yeah, oh captain, my I've captain. Seen, I've seen this, but it was years ago. Yeah, yeah I've only watched okay. it once, and that was like right around the time yeah. that it came out. All right, uh, I want oh to. Wait, 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 wait. Do you want to do something serious? Because I can change it up to something like Ready Player One or Big Trouble. No, no. Uh, uh, Dead Poet Society's fine. Okay, yeah. So that, that that's that. I think that won awards. Um, but probably. Okay. Um I watched some off off schedule excuse me, off schedule movies, even though you mentioned Adam Project. Yep. Uh let me think we're we're running a little long. You did watch I, Adam Project though, right? 
I watched Adam Project. I want to decide which of these to start with, which will maybe be the shortest shortest conversation. So, uh <laughs> sure. Speaking speaking of small films that that win Oscars that that nobody likes except for a small 5% of the population. I watched Encanto. <laughs> you're you're hilarious there. <laughs> yeah, it's hilarious. Got him. Got him. Got him. Uh, <laughs> some some people said I heard some people say that Mitchell's versus the Machines was better. We, yeah, we should uh, talk about this because because you did watch Mitchell's that's last a, week. Yeah, that's a that's a really tough call. I found his a tough call. The, what do you think? Give me that. I, give me that before we even go into Encanto. You watched Encanto. That's what. Let's start with that. You watched Encanto. I I did. I did. I watched. I watched Encanto, and I I was very focused at the beginning, and then got a little distracted in the middle, and then was focused again in the third act. Um, did, did you have, I, did, can I ask you this question, honestly, because it's just between you and me and no one else is hearing. Uh, did you have okay. any, like a feeling like a lump in your throat that happens sometime? And- yeah, this is F- Fox. Fox outed me on this at the Oscars party too. Um, I watched it kind of late and I had had a little bit, a little bit to drink and the whole third act from the reconciliation with the grandma, which is maybe a spoiler, although that like tension falling out lasts for all like five minutes uh-huh, uh-huh. um i i was choked up i was t- you know the combination of music and visuals it's classic disney you know stuff right well, i don't know if it's classic disney but I, it's definitely maybe classic may, in the maybe word not that classic. like they, they do this emotional thing with music yes. yeah i mean you you said you said something about this last week about music and the power of music mm. and that whole there's a whole sequence with no with no words like there's music and the words to it are in spanish yeah. and i don't know enough spanish to follow uh um the words to that song but i can see what's happening and i can see the the expression i mean this is the thing that i talk about with anime all the time yeah. right where like they're people but they're they're not like they're animated people so they don't look like real people Sure. Yeah, no, and, they're not like they're not and, photorealistic in any way. And the disconnect means I can see I can see the the grandma uh the abuela experience the like the fear and apprehension when Mirabel doesn't get a gift and her like her fear that she experiences with that and how she ends up really punishing her for something that is not not at all her fault and how she realizes that and then it's just resolved like it's resolved very quickly sure and that was my like thing as it as as i thought back on it later but sometimes that's all it takes is for somebody to see something and connect the dots in their brain and um or, and, or in this know, case, almost get their... a slap in the face. Like it, I, I watched it again after you did, and when there's a scene when she, Mirabelle, like stands up for herself and yells at her, right? And right. So, and, and, right. And, and, and steps over the line immediately, but she basically slaps her yeah. grandma on the face, and that's that's what right. that's like Ver- what you're verbally. saying here. Like leads to that quickly realization of like, oh, this is wrong. I've been doing wrong. And then, and then leads to resolution. So you're right. Sometimes, right. sometimes a slap right. in the face. And then, and then you go into the whole outro, right? Where like, um, um, Mirabelle being the only one who didn't get a gift was the only one with the, 
um, like personal strength to handle them all losing their gifts. Yeah. Right. She never had a gift. So she was still strong enough to lead them forward through that trial and into, you know, the, the climax of the movie, the conclusion. Of the movie. I, I've, I've asked all my kids, I've asked them. So, you know, being the dad thing, what do you think Mirabelle's real gift was? Was it this? And was it that? And all my kids are very hesitant to, to even like, consider that Mirabelle has a gift. Like they don't want her to have a gift like that. It's important that she doesn't have a gift, right? It's, it's, it's because I love her for everything that she is. Like they, they love Mirabelle for everything that she is. And her gift is not needed. Right. Right. Um, right. Well, I mean, it's at, at least my interpretation is, is what I just said. And then <laughs> you see it, you see it again when they come back to the casita and the people from the village, Come. Yeah. They say that in the song. I don't remember what the line is, yeah. but they're like, none of them have magic powers, but they're there to help. And they with, say, they, yeah, their strength. Like, we, we have no gifts, but we are many. Right. Right. Yeah. Right. It's the, I mean, so for, in the world of the story, Mirabelle has no gift so that she can, you know, be strong in the, in whatever, what, there's a word for that when, as, as the casita starts dying. Yeah. And, then as as a piece of art mirabelle has no gift so that she can be relatable to the audience sure, sure. right because we we don't have magic powers either right um and that, and that opening and song is great how she kind of skirts around it but is never is, sad is about kind it. of dodging it but just bragging about her family yeah. i should i should back up and say when when i got fully in like what grabbed me back into the story and got started to get me a little bit emotionally engaged mm -hmm. is um, was Isabella's song oh, when she makes the yeah, cactus. Cool. Yeah. And it's like, she's been this perfect person the whole time, but she just, you know, it's like, um, she's a Disney uh, princess uh, is what she is, right? Yeah. She's a, she's a Disney princess, but she becomes a little bit like, um, Scott's daughter in, in Ant-Man. Oh yeah. Right. Where she loves the, the ugly little stuffed animal. Like she made something different. She's made something that's not perfect. Yeah. And, and she loves it. Like, she has been trapped in her life just as much as, as, or even more so, you know, it's that like grass is always greener yeah. thing between her and, and Mirabelle. Well, we, we learned um, about this, like what I had talked about earlier in the show was about the empathy, right? Not, not, we, we mm -hmm. don't see everybody else. All this whole movie is about empathy. Like Louisa, we don't, we don't realize the things that she's going through. We don't realize that that Isabella is perfect, but, and she acts a certain way, but she doesn't realize the pressure Abuela, We, we think she's a villain and we don't see it until we see, I kind of wanted to go back to where you were talking about facial animations and just the incredible animation. Of this movie was that when Abuela, you, you're they're singing the Spanish song, which is beautiful. And she has like this breakdown when her, um, her, her husband dies and just, mm -hmm. she just is racked with sadness. And, and that's when the, the, the candle is made and like that scene. And she does that. It was so powerful and emotional. I'm like, that is, I know it's not a real actress, but just that little short five second cry, you know, of things was like so heart wrenching that you realize, you know, mm -hmm. you have to have empathy for people that you, you think are the villain or you think are wrong. And, uh, it's, you just not seeing it. And Mirabelle sees that really quickly. I, you're like you said, I, agree five second review like you're totally fine I, I get it and i forgive you 
Um, but Mirabelle sees like, oh no, you were there for us the whole time, and I didn't see that. And clearly, Mirabelle saw the flashback that everybody else saw too. Um, mm-hmm. But yeah, no, I yeah. um to to move forward from this one, I love Encanto. I love it. Um, there's a reason that darn song about Bruno is so catchy. It's awesome. Like it's an awesome song. I love <laughs> Bruno. I love, I love finding out about him. John Leguizamo is the voice for that. And, um, mm-hmm. so, so sad when you see his, um, um, his table that he set up kind of next to the wall so we could be part with the family. Um, right. w- which was really sad. Mirabelle is one of the most like likable characters around right from the yeah, very beginning the very first song mm-hmm. she's so likable um mm-hmm. and and it's so great and as disney's done in the last many many movies um it's just steeped in culture from a different culture that, I, that i'm not familiar with but i i'm all on board with right and, and i mm-hmm. love everything about it. the colors in the movie are beautiful which is a very colombian uh, color scheme that they kind of have um yeah the the costuming was what stood out so to me. So good, oh, like Mirabelle's sticking. Probably not the right word in an animated film, but no, so, somebody um, in one of the one of the, the reaction videos saw mentioned like, she said, "Did you see when you pause when Louisa's kind of got her back to the camera and looking over her shoulder? She's got peach fuzz on the back of her neck, like <laughs> that is how detailed this this thing this show is that that you have." Um, and then that's great. It's it's well known that I'm not a, a huge Linwell Miranda. Uh, fan uh but right. he hits it out of the ballpark with every song even though i don't want to like a song at the beginning like louisa's song i did not seem to like it at the very like two seconds and then i loved mm. it as it starts going on um the the song from the from the flashback is the one that was nominated it yeah. lost to uh the james bond song billy eilish song oh, but yeah, so. I, don't, I don't know about that but well i mean watch the show. so That's okay fine. so wrapping this one up did you um uh, let me ask you, Mitchell's versus the machines versus this one. Last week I said that uh, I enjoyed Mitchell's versus the machines because it didn't have to, uh, it or didn't have to, it didn't use music to inspire emotional responses, mm. and it's a lot more difficult to to give a, a, those feelings that you have that Mitchell's versus machines gives you without music. Uh, but also, I can't underestimate the power that. In, in Canto truly used with the music and stuff. So what do, what do you think between those two? It's a really tough call. Um, I was more emotionally engaged in Encanto, but I think the, I don't know. I mean, I think the story and the lessons in the Mitchells versus the machines are more, um, I shouldn't say more universal. That's, that's, culturally insensitive um that, that, that's your culture right that, that yeah exactly exactly i think like there was more complexity in the story like the 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 tension and the conflict between the family members lasted longer and were a little more difficult to resolve so i think that makes it a more mature story in mitchell's in mitchell's um yeah. but it kind of lost me in the wacky third act. You know, <laughs> yeah, I yeah. kind of the kind of the opposite reaction that I had with Encanto. So it's a it's a really tough call. Yeah. Um yeah, I no. think they're yeah. They're both very good in, in different ways. Yeah, I, I as last week people listeners can go back to last week and listen. I had said it's like um just what you said. It's a very difficult call. And I don't think it's fair to make a call. I know that 
in in the um, Oscars they have to pick make a pick, but um, all movies can be great and and they can have their, sure. their wonderful funness. And Mitchell's versus the Machines is a wonderful movie that you should go watch. And Encanto is a movie that you should go and watch because it's it's really great. So um, mm-hmm. that, that's great. I, I actually love watching or hearing from like like you and uh, these situations where I watch them because I obviously have kids. So that's the very first biggest push for me to watch these kind of shows. You're, you're a little bit affected by the stuff that affects that. Uh, yes. Right. Or, or yeah. that's the thing that, that gives me the impetus to go watch them in the first place. Right. I, I can't say that of course, I, I've of been course. a parent for 25 years. Uh, so it's, it's, it's hard not to, to, that's part of my life to watch movie choices. Yours, you don't have to. Mm-hmm. And being able to watch these kind of things and hear from your review and, and still having emotional responses makes me feel like, oh, this is a good movie. This is something that just not because I was wrapped up with kids or have that kind of thing, that it, this is a solid movie to, to watch. So, um, mm-hmm. yeah, I, 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 I do like Encanto a lot. And it is one of those movies worth watching multiple times, I think. Um, or at least very the, the soundtracks. So, which is, hmm. I don't know, I heard, I heard the... I heard I saw a meme the other day. It's like an old guy, and it said like twenty forty. It's like I still not stopped singing Bruno song in my head. I can't stop. <laughs> I totally get. Uh, That's funny. Okay, so uh, what was the other one we we're going to uh, talk about? Um, Picard. Okay. Uh, oh no, we need to watch also, the Adam Project. I also watched the Batman. Um, oh right. Okay, I don't, right, right. I don't know if I got that much. I time. don't know that I. I don't know that we have. I mean, we don't have a lot of time, so I won't say much about that, except that it was very long. It was very dark. Uh, <laughs> I was going to say, yeah, say those words, and then we're good. That's what we got. It, uh, both both literally and and figuratively. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. I didn't love uh, uh, Pattinson's Bruce Wayne. It had a very emo aesthetic that, mm-hmm. while I get, like, didn't, uh, didn't quite work for me. I felt like... Um, uh, Andy Serkis was kind of wasted. Mm-hmm. He was Agreed. he was not on screen very much, and I'm like, that's Andy Serkis. Like right. you can't. But Pattinson's Batman was do... good. Like his Batman was pretty good. His his Batman was good. I liked quote unquote the 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 realism of the Riddler. Yeah, character. Sure. It's it's very like they're leaning the full opposite way from the whatever era bright colored DC. Mm-hmm justice league kind of stuff yeah um which is which is fine like i've been saying for a while like if dc is gonna succeed quote unquote up against marvel they need to do something different yeah like not try to beat marvel because because they can't like yeah because yeah yeah, they're i mean they're too late to the party marvel's got this momentum now um yeah and so and so that was fine i didn't uh i I didn't dislike it I felt like it got a little goofy in the in the the third act sure. with the uh, flood and stuff, but yeah. By then, I was mostly just tired, just exhausted, ready for ready it to be to, done. Yeah. Uh, um, so now that you watched yeah. it, I, I had I think I had mentioned that uh, uh, our buddy Fox had said he was exhausted uh, when I watched the movie and I got done. I had the exact same word that I used, and I just heard you say it as well. Um, that I yeah, I attributed, or I don't know if you said that, but I I attributed that to that the tension is all the way through this three hour movie and doesn't let up. Would you agree with that? Yeah, it's it's not just that it's long; it's that it's long and there's and there's always stuff happening. And even if you're not like 
super engrossed in whatever the mystery thing there's a good chance that the screen is so dark you're struggling just to like follow everything that's happening yeah so you're always kind of on edge yeah yeah it's 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 yeah always on edge right yeah it, it uses the dark although we're kind of it sounds like we're complaining but it uses the dark the way they want to use the dark and to create that kind of oppression and tension so yeah i i like the movie it was good uh i don't know if i found i'll have a hard time watching it again because i don't know i'll have to be completely rejuvenated <laughs> to watch it again <laughs> right years from now uh where i can watch other right. batman movies like no no, no problem um so th thumbs up on it but maybe it's a one-time watcher yeah. you know okay so uh Moving forward, uh, last couple minutes here, uh, uh, The Adam Project. What do you think of that one? Adam Project. So all his life, Brian Reynolds has wanted to make an MCU movie, <laughs> and now he finally got to make his own Guardians of the Galaxy. No, I oh, <laughs> I, um, I was like, what, what, what is this one? Oh, Guardians, it's, okay. It's, it's, very, it's very Guardians of the Galaxy, and of course he's got um, uh, uh, Mark Ruffalo. Yeah, oh, he does. He's got the Hulk in it. Um, and you know, great, like needle drop soundtrack a la guardians. Yeah. Um, Oh yeah. Right. For, I didn't realize that you're doing well on this. And, this is a good correlation. <laughs> well done. And in a, well, I mean, it starts with this, like the, the opening is very guardians. It's like him in a ship and it's playing, you know, some, some kind of classic, I forget the song now. And I was like, this is very Guardians what's happening. I here. didn't. I did um, not put that together. Well done. Yeah, I agree. I agree. By the time I... Oh, also Zoe Saldana. I knew there was another mm -hmm. actor. And I was Gamora. like, who, who, am I, who am I forgetting? Yeah, Gamora. But she's not uh, green. You know, st straight from straight from Guardians. Yeah. Um, and... That was an emotional scene character, I think. Yeah, yeah. So so there's that aspect of it and then the sense where it's really in a lot of ways similar to Free Guy. Okay. Right? In the in the sense that like you've got this weird kind of crazy story going on um with maybe sci-fi I don't know if I would call Free Guy sci-fi though it probably is. A, like a a very different brand of sci-fi than we've seen in a while but where the story is really more about relationships and yeah well most mostly relationships i mean and that that's true in free guy too it's like you've got this one lo love story you've got this one friendship um in in the Adam Project, there's more father son stuff, right? Yeah. Between him and his father, or or or, um, or almost there's also a lot of introspective stuff, like when when he's dealing with himself, right? right? The whole yeah, movie, it's like himself. which which version of yourself, which is interesting too, right? Because because we all kind of have different versions of ourselves or different, as we say, hats that we wear. Mm -hmm. um, and in this case, he's yeah, he's confronted b both both versions of himself the young and and older versions of himself are confronted with the other right which is pretty great because um, uh the kid yeah. the kid i mean we we've said this before and it's true in this movie ryan reynolds is playing it feels like he's playing ryan reynolds you know as himself mm -hmm. which 
as I said, as long as we're all happy with Ryan Reynolds, it's a great movie. Um, right. But- and so when you see this kid and you see him act like as soon as he starts delivering dialogue, I'm like, oh, cool. It's a kid who talks like Ryan. Yeah, Reynolds. exactly. That's what I was getting here. Like it's mm-hmm. the little kid was Ryan Reynolds. Like I was like, mm-hmm. not only did he kind of sort of actually look like him, he had mannerisms pretty like close. Him, yeah. And he delivered lines like him. They really picked this. They cast this kid well. Um, so yeah, yeah. I I uh, I watched this with Sydney, uh, who is my fifteen year old, and uh, mm-hmm. she was in full on fifteen year old mode, not wanting to watch shows with Dad today. Um, <laughs> at which sometimes I'll pull her in, and I had I had I had told her like I really want to watch this movie with you. It's something I think you'll like. I don't know a whole lot about it, but I think you'll like. It's kind of up your alley. Um, and she had promised me that she'd watch this one with me. And I was like ready to watch it. And I'm like, I'm going to watch this movie in the living room. Whether you watch with me or not, I'm going to go ahead and watch it. I'm not not pressuring you or anything, but she was like beholden to dad to watch it. So she kind of grumbled into the living room as as much as Sydney can (laughs) grumble. Right. And and walked in like, Mm -hmm. all right, I'll watch this show with you. Sat down with her, her, her phone. And like, oh, this is one. She's going to be on her phone the whole time. Um, and then it was over. We both were full. I mean, actually, it didn't take but half an hour. She was fully engaged. Um, hmm. And she was fully engaged. And, and both of us at the very end. And when we uh, when we were done and we had our post talk, um, we both fully agreed. Like, it's a really original story that had some really good acting parts in it. Like, really good acting parts in it. Um, and the, the biggest thing, the best thing I can say about it, it was that original storyline is that. I don't know of any other story that I have watched that has this, that was this story. And we, Hollywood or film or whatever gets a lot of knocks on not being original anymore. And this one was a sci-fi show that was very original. And I thought it had stories and it. Yes, it has father-son stuff, but the way things worked out and the whole story about it, everything was totally original. The way it worked with time travel, the way it, 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 tossed off multiverses and worked on a, on a, a branching way was really great. Um, and the acting parts of it was, uh, Sydney, I wanted to point share that she had said is like, she said, well, I noticed when she's talking about uh, the Hulk, um, what's his name? You just Ruffalo. said his Mark Ruffalo. Mark Ruffalo. She's like, she said, when that scene happened where she's hug, he's hugging Ryan Reynolds. And telling him that, you know, that he loves him. She says it goes on for like 30 seconds. And it's supposed to, it feels like in every other movie it would go on for five seconds. But he continues Hmm. to tell him that he loves him. And continues to hug him until he cries. Right? Um, Until he he lets down his defenses and his guard. And he finally, and then his, his younger self comes and hugs together. And then, you know, we're having the lumps in our throat as our defenses are broke down from this flippant off the kit, off the cuff, you know, comedian Ryan Reynolds accepts that, you know, he misses his dad and it hurts him so much. So, yeah, it's the, it's the, uh, it's the scene from Goodwill hunting, except, you know, with a different, with a different context. It's that same kind of confrontation, right? That Robin Williams. Oh yeah. Right. Yeah. That's a good one too. Um, and yeah, I like the, the earlier sequence when they first start talking, right? Like 
he figures it out right away. Mark Ruffalo does. And then yeah. they have this series of scenes where he he keeps talking like he won't he won't listen you know right mm, like he's yeah. in his head and he's time he's thing. figuring everything and he's talking and and ryan reynolds keeps trying to interrupt him and then he does and then they in a you know a couple scenes later like they're doing it again like he's just chatter 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 and he's like look you know he finally has to like confront him and and get him to stop and it feels um it feels fairly natural yeah and yeah it's a thing. I don't know if we've talked about this before. We probably have, but it's a thing where I don't know. We've gotten a lot of sci-fi stuff yeah. over the years. Blessed with sci-fi stuff. I'm a sci-fi. Fan. Right. I think we're getting into a phase, an era now where, um, just like multiverse stuff, right? Like oh, when, yeah, yeah, yeah. um, yeah, I'm with you here. When the when the guy who wrote uh, Flash of Two Worlds brought another Flash in from a from a, <laughs> a parallel world, he had to explain the whole thing. Oh yeah, I see what you're going. Yeah, but, yeah. Not but anymore. Ev- right? Every time, every time we do that again, people understand it, yeah. right? And now we've gone beyond just the audience understanding it to now the characters can understand it just like in endgame they can talk about back to the future uh just like in this movie the kid can name drop biff tannen which i don't know if a you're what is he 12 (laughs) he he might have seen back to the future um but like to name drop biff tannen is kind of a stretch to me i don't know sure for a kid that age name dropping it for the audience right is what he's doing right it's 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 for the audience and also for him so he's like is this and this or if you do this then does it create a multiverse Mm -hmm. right and and we now we all know that, and so we all know what um, the writers are addressing at this point, right? Right, and the and the movie doesn't have to explain any of that for the audience. It can just be a throwaway line that, like, yes, this is how causality is going to work in this time travel model. Um, and so then you the movie doesn't have to spend time explaining all of that and can focus on the relationships. I mean, really, even the relationship with um. Not a relationship isn't the right word, but uh, with the the lady, yeah. the villain, mm-hmm, the villain, and her and her younger self, like yeah. being confronted with her with her future, um, um, kind of thing. I, I, so, I dug that. I dug. I yeah, dug that they that they good. didn't go with. I mean, multiverse has been obviously from Marvel the the thing, right? And and I think mm-hmm. people. I mean, Trek has been doing time travel forever, right? And, and time, time travel, Jules Verne was not, you know, it was always a thing. It's always been a kind of a heavy sci-fi thing, but be, I, I'm going to go ahead and say it. Like Marvel has helped bring into the worldwide masses, the idea of time travel and multiverse things um, being kind of understandable. Um, so, so now, you know, it was nice to see this show come out and do something different that wasn't uh, like it was the branching kind of timelines and, uh, stuff mm-hmm. so so easily and like you said that one scene and kind of making it established and doing it really well um and kind of explaining it quickly um that, that made you feel good about it because a lot the the worst problem with time travel movies is there's so many points where you're like that doesn't make sense that doesn't make sense and you can't get over like oh if he do this he wouldn't be that and he wouldn't whatever the way they explain it uh, and i think it was the line where he says he explains that 
whenever he gets snapped back into his normal timeline, all of the memories will rush in. Like that was very helpful. Yeah. That was very helpful to see. Yeah, she looked over and she was like, oh, that's why they can explain things. And that's why he can be his same self throughout the rest of the movie without them mm-hmm. going into like, oh, oh, I don't believe it because the younger, he would remember everything. Right. Right. Like, oh, it, it straight up addressed it in one five second comment, you know? So anyway, I, I liked it. I liked it for that. I, I dig a good, a really good time travel movie. I hate sure. terrible ones. Um, <laughs> Picard is, is making me happy. We'll talk about that next week. Cause we're over time here, but, uh, Picard, Picard is doing time travel and I'm always giddy about good time travel. Granted, that's only on episode four. We've got more to go. So I could be proven right. wrong. Um, but, uh, so having these two here was, it's been a really good delight. And, um, we've had, you know, Spider-Man with, with stuff. And, um, I, I, I admit, I liked, I think I like time travel things. It's, it's pretty, it's, it's unfortunate. A lot of times in the past sci-fi, every time they do time travel, they're always going back to something like World War II with Hitler, or they're always going back to, hmm. you know, assassinations of somebody. They're always trying to go to some big point and, um, Mm-hmm. It's nice to see shows like Star Trek Four where they just go back to a random day in the world. <laughs> right, right, right. Cool, man. That that that's awesome. So we'll talk about Picard next week. Uh, we've got more. Yeah, we'll have we'll have one more episode, and uh, let's see. I finished upload, so whenever you oh, get man, caught I, up on that, I, we'll I, see I started that. that one. I started that one, and it is a pleasure to watch again. So I feel like that I'm. <laughs> I'm, I'm, I was pleasure it's, to watch the first fun. one. I'm into the first fun, dark half comedy. of the first scene. Fun, good to go. So I, I think this one's going to be a nice, smooth season to go through. I did yeah. also start watching Last Kingdom the last season, and I know you're not up mm. to that. Po- you're not up to that point, right? Are no. you? Yeah. Um, but, I don't. Uh, I don't know if I've seen all of last season. Oh, last season, yeah. So uh, uh, it, 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 I've watched like three episodes in so far. I'm very, very happy because it's very much Lost Kingdom. Um, it's you know like oh if you like what every previous season has done. This is a new story with the same kind of framework, which I really, really enjoy. I'm like, that makes me happy. That makes me feel good. Um, and there's, and I know to expect twists and turns because every other season has had twists and turns. Uh, so I'm, I'm mm-hmm. excited about that one. And I, I won't talk too much about that one, for, but next week or another, I might bring that kind of stuff up too. Um, yeah. 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 A lot of, a lot, a lot of cool stuff. And there's, there's other stuff. Resident Alien, Space oh, Force. Oh, man, write that one. Both have seasons two. I watched, I finished uh, Space I, Force. I still haven't finished The Witcher season two. So, we're, yeah, We're, lots we're of stuff. very, what do we say, blessed with riches, right? With, with, with <laughs> yeah. To love. Yeah. Lo- loving every minute of it. Yeah. All right. Next week, uh, uh, Dead Poets. Dead Poets. So, uh, I, I think I can get Shell to watch this. I, I, the, the thing I also saw about being blessed with things is that I, I like having some options to watch things with different people. Like, if we ever watch like a young kid, like in mm-hmm. or something, I watch that with Lola and watch teenage mm-hmm. stuff like yeah, and older stuff. So, I'll watch uh, yeah. Dead Poets to say with Shelly, I think. Nice. Okay. Well, you've been listening to the Front Porch. This is episode 239. Uh, special thanks to our friends at LRM Online. You can check them out. They got reviews on movies and board games and all the good stuff. Uh, if you want to email us with suggestions for things that we should watch and discuss, you can do that. Our address is frontporchpod at gmail.com. Or you can go to our website, frontporchpodcast.com, and use the contact forms there to reach out. If you enjoy the front porch, please consider subscribing on the podcatcher of your choice. And while you're there, if you leave us a positive review, we always appreciate that. It helps us out so much. Totally. As always, 
Thanks for joining us. Until next time, I'm Dennis. And I'm Michael. For the front porch. Night, everybody. See you next time. Thank you.